welcome to Fresh Pressed for the 11th of February 2020. I am Gabe. And I'm Andrew. This is a show where we talk about new... New? Fuck. New. I fucked it up already. Yeah, well, hey, we got one good one last week. And ah, damn We're it. just going to ride off that momentum for the next several months. Yeah. So, new, new tunes. Yeah, you know, you just listen to a previous episode and then come back to this one if you want to know what the show's about. It's about music. Yes. So good. Music. Love music. So, Andrew, this Friday is Valentine's Day. I don't know it if sure you knew is. that. Do you have any plans? Are you making fun of me because I'm single, Gabe? Oh, yes, because I have such elaborate plans for this th- Valentine's Day. I almost call it Thanksgiving. <laughs> I really prefer <laughs> Thanksgiving as a holiday, but it's February, not November. Yeah. So I take it that's a no. No, well, I was considering going to the Rodin Museum um, because I'm a uh, art museum member and I can go for free oh. uh, between 5.30 and 7.30 on Valentine's Day. Uh, but I feel like it might be weird for me to just like show up there after work alone when it's like a Valentine's Day event. So now, right, is that a Valentine's Day event or just like they do that on Fridays? No, it says like get your Valentine's Day started by coming to, you know, an, a nice little... Look at these sexy sculptures. Yeah. I got invited to go to a club in San Francisco, and I can't think of anything I'd rather do less, to be honest. Um, anyway, I'm going to recommend that, like Andrew and I will be doing this Friday, that you also stay in. And you can maybe uh, listen to some of the episodes you've missed. Catch up. Or, or listen to some <laughs> great music that we'll talk about now. There'll be new music out on Friday that we haven't talked about yet, but really you should you can focus on this music. Um, There's any number of things you could do alone in your house. Absolutely. And listening our, to our podcast is the best option. Look, we wanted to celebrate uh, Valentine's Day with this episode, so in recognition of February 14th, as a day of love and trust, I think we should celebrate with really the best companion that we could possibly have, which is a dog. I'm allergic to dogs. Andrew's allergic to dogs, but he likes cats, so consider this not about I'm also cats. allergic to cats. Andrew leaves <laughs> leads a sad existence without pets yeah. uh, at his house in Philadelphia. So maybe on Friday night you can spend some time with your dog. And, you know, it'll probably bring you more happiness and it'll save you from uh, hordes at restaurants or the Rodin Museum. So, Andrew, let me ask you, do you know what a dog is? That's the thing where, like, you, if you have a ship, you tie it up next to that, right? (laughs) Wow, that is terrible. That's the terrible joke. Oh, my God. Okay, um... Well, let me tell you. So dogs are um, members of the Canidae family. Um, they're known as Canis Lupus. We're not actually going to do this. Um, let's do some songs, Andrew. Do you bring a song about dogs? Uh, yes, I have a song. And my song is entitled Just Like a Dog, parentheses, Barking Up the Wrong Tree by Big Mama Thornton.
now Gabe, you might know Big Mama Thornton. Yeah, from I do. a different dog-related song, but I figured that one was too famous for me to bring. Yeah, I was going to ask. You'd think that if you're going to pick a dog song by Big Mama Thornton, you would bring Hound Dog. So, for those who don't know, Big Mama Thornton is um, a a blues singer who was the original uh, performer of the song Hound Dog. She didn't write it, but she she was the one who performed it originally. And then a few years later, Elvis was like, what if I did this song, but not as good, but for white people? Yeah, I was going to say, her version is so much better. I was listening to it today. I was like, wow, yeah, this is way better than the Elvis version. Racism in America. I read something that, like, um, the songwriter, who's, I think, a white guy, was also like, this Elvis dude, like, what the hell does he think? Does he think the song's actually about a dog? It's about a man. (laughs) Yeah, well... Hey, who are we to tell Elvis who can and cannot love him? Whatever. Um, what? <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, I'm not doing Hound Dog. I'm doing Just Like a Dog, um, which is another song uh, around the same time. Big Mama Thornton never really like got a ton of big like publicity. She was like, got publicity for Hound Dog, and then that sort of got overshadowed a few years later when Elvis performed it. This song is a sort of similar conceit in which a man is a dog and she's telling him to fuck off. Very politely. Is it politely? I mean... She's not saying fuck off, but it's also 1950. That's true. They didn't have the word fuck in 1950. They had to use barking up the wrong tree for fuck off. Um... (laughs) So one thing that I particularly loved about the song was the backing vocals. Okay, well, listen, her vocals are amazing. Right, We'll yes. get to those, I'm sure. But I wanted to point out the backing vocals first because uh, it's like a, a couple men uh, singing um, and their voices are like imitating a dog bark. Yo, woman, don't quit you, babe. Ain't trying to come back to me. Now, we've gotten in trouble in the past guessing that certain sounds in music are imitating certain animals. I couldn't possibly know what you're talking about. (laughs) And our listeners don't. But uh, I do want to go a quick sidebar to explain that. So last week, we had this whole conversation about how Bumblebee Crown King sounds like a bumblebee in various ways. And like I even like clipped a part of it that sounds like a bumblebee to go along with that uh, conversation. And then uh, when I was looking on YouTube uh, for... The song, I also found a video of some dude driving, I think, from a place called Bumblebee to a place called Crown King or something like that. Yep, on a road. Yeah, so uh, maybe that was wrong, everything that we said about that. But maybe it was also right. And the important thing is, these guys sounding like dogs are almost certainly supposed to be sounding like dogs. That one is a lot more solid. They were less tricky about it in the 1950s, you know? Dan Deacon in 2020 really threw me off my game. Andrew's (laughs) being very polite when he said, we, this is really an endeavor that I struck out upon. Well, I followed along, but you, it was sort of on you to do any amount of research to find out what the song was actually about. Well, it was, well, yeah. Shit. 
Anyway, back to Big Mama Thornton's record. This is a pretty old recording, right? So the fidelity on it isn't great, but it like hits you kind of in your chest. Yeah, it really does. And that's true of like a lot of her music. This song just feels like so tight with those backing vocals. And then my favorite part of this song um, is the middle like solo section where she's like yelling at this man over it. And then there's this guitar solo. Um, It's just so good. Like, I I feel like, I I don't know. I mean, I guess it's not that exciting of a guitar solo, but it feels awesome in this song. Like, I think because of the context, I can almost like experience that guitar solo as someone would in the fifties when they didn't know, when they just invented guitars the day before. Ah, yes. I remember when the guitar was invented in 1952. Um, it really does pull you back. Um, and there's something great about these old recordings, a lot of which were done in mono or and or or and almost entirely done without the use of multi-tracking, right? So they got everybody in a room and they played that the song. And you can really hear that in the recording. And so the guitar solo sounds almost more present because it's not like somebody went off and recorded the guitar solo and took a few takes over in the side. No, they had this blues going on underneath the song, Big Mama Thornton singing over it, riffing on it while somebody is plucking out a shredding blues guitar solo. What did, what dog song did the cat drag in for you? I really thought there was a dog version of that, and there wasn't. The more I said words, I re- the more I realized that there was no dog idiom for me to use here. I'm sure you could figure out some dog idiom if you thought more. I'll let you think, and I'll say some words, because my song uh, that I'm bringing is from Most Deaf. And his 2009 record, Ecstatic, this is Quiet Dog Bite Hard. So we're going to skip about uh, 60 years forward from Big Mama Thornton, um, since evidently I don't listen to any music before 1990. Um, This is a great song. Uh, It really jumped to me. Um, Are you a most Are you making a joke because there's a dude jumping on the cover of the album? I defer to the jury of dogs. Um, Do you listen to most F? Have you listened to most F? I um, liked him in the Italian job. Oh, I was going to say if you like to ask you if you liked him in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You know, I didn't. I didn't really like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, if I'm being honest. 
The movie? Have you read the book? I haven't read the book. I really didn't like the movie very much. Do you dislike British humor or uh, Zoe Deschanel? Or... Well, I do dislike Zoe Deschanel, but that's really a, beside the point. I just didn't think that movie was that good. I was right, kind of well, disappointed with it. I must say that having also read the book, Most Deaf, um, whose actual name is Yasin Bey, that's Y-A-S-I-I-N, space b-e-y um he plays ford prefect um one of the major characters in the movie uh, and book and i think he does a particularly excellent rendition of him um possibly the most true to form of any of the characters as they are written in the book but anyway so uh most is one of these kind of contemporary triple threats i guess of modern media where he sings he acts and he raps he's from brooklyn um and this is his fourth record ecstatic in 2009 so this song andrew opens with a spoken recorded bit from fella kuti we mentioned fella kuti in relation to auntie balas uh, a few weeks ago and then the percussion that comes in immediately after his like spoken bit at the front of the song is like very Afrobeat, um, and there is no all well all of the instrumentation in the production of the song is percussion. Some of it is tuned, but it is all struck or malleted instruments, um, as opposed to strings or horns, for instance. They are making me stronger. And I'm much more stronger now. Did you did you like the production? What are your thoughts on the song? I did like it. I mean, it's you know, it's not really a style of music that I I get super into. Right. That it being hip hop in general. Yeah. Um. But that's that's one part of it that was I was very much into was the instrumentation, the production around it. Yeah, there's actually a cool video of Most Def going on to uh, the Letterman show uh, in like January of 2009 after the song came out and doing the song, this particular song on his show. Um, and he is rapping while playing the timpani. Nice. Which is... Pretty cool and unique. Um, I recommend checking out, uh, checking out the video. Um, so the production is done by DJ Preservation, who also has worked with like Raekwon and GZA. So I think just like everybody from Wu Tang, but um, the meat of the song, because of there's such minimal production, is uh, the lyrical content. I think so. Most deaf is fairly active politically. Um, he has espoused you know, left, leftist views pretty consistently for the last 20 years, I guess, um, and been active in that sphere and done some uh, political concerts and whatnot. Um, and this song uh, kind of flows from that style and that substance. So Quiet Dog Bites Hard, um, which is the title of the song, right, is kind of an inverse of the all bark, no bite idiom, since we're doing dog idioms today, where he is 
uh, preaching, in a sense, to his community, to the black community of New York or, or wherever, to keep an even keel, stay cool, so that, I don't know, there's a focus on political revolution, maybe. Yeah, kind of an emphasis on remaining focused. Um, so this song is sadly not on Spotify right now, I think due to a label dispute. Um, so it won't be on our playlist this week. Um, but you can check it out. There are some versions of it on YouTube, or you could directly support the artist by buying a copy of the song. And you don't stop, a silver rock to the brother, you don't stop. So you maintain the rock and you don't stop the rock. You keep up the rock and you don't stop the rock. Maintain the rock and you don't stop the rock. You keep up the rock. So now we turn, as we do every week, to the new songs that have been released. Andrew, did you find something good among the piles of records that I know you collect? I think you already made that joke. Or are you trying to do this again and then the third time it'll be funny? Ouch. Um, yes, I did find a, a new tune that I very much enjoyed. I found several, but this is the one that I'm picking. It's called Prairie Winter Wasteland by Daughter of Swords. In the prairie winter wasteland prairie winter Um, Daughter of Swords is, first of all, a great fucking band name, right? Absolutely. But also, Daughter of Swords is um, the solo project of Alexandra Saucer-Monig. I don't know how to say her last name, and I'm sorry. I'll call you Daughter of Swords, um, who is one-third of Mountain Man, uh, which is a... I guess in some ways a super group, but in some other ways a pre-super, a pre-group super group, a pre, a, a super group. A pre-pre group. Um, nope, that's yeah, not they, good. The, the, the various musicians went on to do other more famous projects. Right. So Mountain Man was a, a, a project that these three women started when they were at, I believe, Bennington uh, in college together. And then, um, ha- like, put out an album that was, like, pretty well enjoyed in sort of, like, an underground indie kind of way. Very, like, folky kind of stuff. Very much my vibe. Love Mountain Man. Definitely um, my vibe. And then they sort of went in different directions. One of them is uh, one half of Sylvanesso, which is probably the biggest project that any of them is involved in. Um, and then the other one has been in a couple different things. Um uh, Molly Sarlay, um, and then Alexandra Saucermonig uh, has not done a ton of stuff, but has within the last uh, couple of years uh, gotten back into the music scene, both with a new record with Mountain Man last year, uh, her own record last year, and now this new song, uh, Prairie Winter Wasteland, uh, under the name Daughter of Swords. Um, it was produced, and a lot of the instrumentation was done by Jeff Tweedy of Wilco and Uncle Tupelo fame. You probably could have just stuck with Wilco there, but... Well, I want to give a whole picture of, of the man. Jeff Tweedy of Jeff Tweedy fame. <laughs> um, Jeff Tweedy of having a great name, fame. Great music man name. So good. 
like a bad professor name because then it's a joke, but it's a great musician name. Right, 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 right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Jeff Tweedy produced this song, and I think he does some of the instruments on it. I think like his son does some of the instruments on it, and some other like people in the Wilco circle is has this really cool um just sort of looping thing which uh i now can't find the source that i read it from but shoop's talking about it um that they made this like looping loop you know a looping loop yeah the looping like loop. you call it yeah we looped the loop yes the a loop the a loop the loop um with like a hammer dulcimer and uh like a Chalesta, like a bunch of like sort of like weird instruments that I guess Jeff Tweedy just has in his recording studio. Yeah. Um, Well, actually, it's called the Loft, so I bet it's not a basement, Gabe. Oh, actually, it would be hilarious if it were, though. (laughs) Yeah, I've been wondering what that sound was that gets repeated over and over again, right? Because it's it's very distinct as it loops. She plays her on the morning air from the tree with the vaulted view. I really like how uh, meditative this song is, and part of that is that repetitive, uh, sort of sort of indeterminate sound that we were just talking about. She mentions, she put out a statement that is pretty mystical. I mean, she uses the word mystical, and also that's how I would describe the whole thing. I kind of want to read this whole statement. Do you mind if I do that? Oh, please do. So, Prairie Winter Wasteland, quote, is a reflection on the way our emotional experiences of place are shaped in powerful and mystical ways by the people we've known there. The way a certain quality of sunlight or the call of a particular bird can conjure such specific associations and can break your heart or lift you up. In the midst of sweltering North Carolina summer, I took a mental journey to the stark, abstract beauty of Minnesotan winter and wrote this song that feels very much about the ways my grandmother, who passed away several years ago, is still present for me in the frozen blue sky and the dark bare branches of oaks and the snow blowing across frozen lakes of the upper Midwest. That's actually very revealing for me because I'm familiar with Mountain Man being based, right, as she mentions, out of North Carolina um, and specifically out of Durham, which is where I went to school, um, and there are no prairies, nor is there really winter in North Carolina, <laughs> particularly not in But Durham. is there a wasteland? Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure, but actually North Carolina is quite pretty. Well, a wasteland can be pretty. As opposed to Minnesota, which is ugly and wasted. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, anyway, I really get that that vibe from this from this track, that that image. I mean, it's not necessarily where my mind goes immediately, but reading that, I can see it in there. I think, right, as you mentioned, it's really effectively done by the looping, but also the lyrics, which I don't have a lyric sheet in front of me, so I can't reference exactly, but they conjure that imagery that she references really effectively and puts you in that space of, like, a cabin sitting on this Midwestern plain with, like, three feet of snow everywhere and... It's kind of miserable out, but at least there's like a little bit of smoke coming out the chimney. And how nice is that? 
So that's my new tune for the week. Gabe, what did the new cat drag in? That's a great question. What did the new cat drag in? Oh, I see. Hello, new cat. Oh, this is great. Thanks. Trying to do this bit. This is a bad bit. Only if you're going to do a new cat voice. And actually, no, I regret saying that as soon as I said that. Anyway, Gabe, what's, what's your new cat song this week? My new cat song um, that has nothing to do with cats because it's just a new song is Soldier Ant by Obong Jayar from his record that came out on Friday, Which Way is Forward. I get it everywhere, from the bobbies on the beat to airport security, it follows me like a boss. Soldier Ant, Soldier Ant, Soldier Ant. I mean, cats are the ants of the mammal kingdom. Mammal isn't a kingdom. No, mammal is uh, in phylum, uh, and phylum. Mammals are in a phy- mammals are phyla. <laughs> Mammals are the phylum. Well, no, mammals aren't phyla. All right. Okay. Mammalia is a phylum. Correct. Um, I don't think that ants are the cats. Whatever. Cats are not the ants. Whoa, I did not say ants are the cats of insects. I said cats are the ants of mammals. That's also not true. Um, Maybe is even worse. <laughs> even less true. So, Obong Jayar is Stephen Umo. He was born and raised in Calabar, which is a port city in Nigeria. Um, and he was there until he was about 17. Um, and then he moved to England uh, and eventually ended up in Norwich for university, which... I'm sure that's not how you're supposed to say that. It's Norwich, isn't it? Yeah. Probably. Notch! England! It's probably Notch! Notch. And then he went to Norwich for university, where he studied. It didn't really matter because he just became a musician. Um, so he. Well, maybe he studied music. Maybe he studied. Maybe he studied ants. Maybe he's an entomologist. Andrew, this is really sticking to the Afrobeat theme that I appear to have stumbled upon for myself this week, um, and I guess that was really launched by your selection of Auntie Balas a couple weeks ago. Um, so the percussion is like really glitchy and vibing, but it really invokes movement. I was like listening to this album and I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And like just like dancing in my couch. In? Yes, in. Not on the couch, Andrew. I wasn't dancing on the couch. But you were dancing in the couch? What preposition would you use? While on the couch? Between the couch. And what? And the air. (laughs) Yeah, you figured it out. That's what you should have said. Between the couch and the air. 
Um, so between the so couch I, and the air also sounds like a, it could be a Sufjan Stevens album. Oh, that's true. Actually, it sounds a little more like uh, "Under the Table" and "Dreaming." Um, so right, it opens with this really glitchy percussion, which is great, and then simultaneously the vocals come in with uh, a great syncopated bass line. I'm under your skin. I'm inside your head. I grow where you live. Um, so this song is explicitly about racism. So the pre-chorus goes, um, it follows me like a stink. I get it everywhere from the bobbies on the beat to airport security. Um, and the whole song is kind of about, about having this rep- bad reputation preceding you about being black in England, um, specifically. Although he references kind of his global upbringing in a way, um, having moved from uh, a very different place and talking about you know running around the globe and it's all the same. His vocals remind me a little bit of Gil Scott Heron um, in the way that they're like spoken, sung spoken over like a pretty bare percussion. percussion. Um, although the production does pick up and there's some like great horns, well, MIDI horns that come in. My favorite part of the song was uh, like the breakdown near the, the latter and the latter end. Not the former end, but the latter end of the song. Sure, the distal end of the song, Andrew. Yes, the distal, the 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 pterodactyl. The these are ants, not dinosaurs. I'm sorry. Ants still have hands. No, they don't. <laughs> you said that so outraged. I just first of all, you're comparing cats to ants, and now you're saying ants have hands. Andrew, I have to ask, have you ever seen an ant? I haven't, and I don't want to. I was trying to figure out why he was using soldier ants as um, the metaphor central to the song. So soldier ants or army ants are kind of famously related to Africa as a continent, but they also exist in South America and in parts of tropical Asia. So that's not really right, but they are migratory. They don't build nests in the way that or anthills, I guess, in the way that a lot of other ants do. Um, so could be a reference to his kind of transient early adulthood, uh, late childhood, moving from Nigeria to the UK. And I don't know, I, I was trying to see if there's anything about, like, is there, like, a smell? Is there, like, a literal smell that precedes these ants so that people know when they're showing up? Because they'll, like, tear through an area and devour everything. They'll, like strip whole like cow corpses of all of their meat gross and they'll eat the bones i mean is it is it like a pheromones kind of thing here the smell like yeah maybe is i mean i guess my question is is he the soldier ant or 
is racism the soldier ant? It seems like he's the soldier ant. Because it's the line is like, it follows me like a stink. Soldier ant, soldier ant, soldier ant. Right? Right. My reputation precedes me, it carries a stink. I'm paying for sin I did not commit. I feel like it could be that the this like this stink is like the equivalent of the pheromones and these either the racism or the racists or the soldier ants that uh sort of latch on to that that smell. Uh, it's actually not a bad reading of it, especially because he specifically refers to cops and airport security, which are kind of related. My reputation precedes me. It carries a sting. I'm paying for sin. I did not come in. So that's the meat and bones of our show this week. Um, and now the bone marrow the meat and bones i don't know what i think you meant meat and potatoes well i was actually getting mixing up my metaphors of the meat of the substance of the show like the meat of the show and the bones of the show which are really the same thing right the meat and bones well are meat and bones really the same thing now who doesn't know is biology look i'm a vegetarian uh anyway uh, there was other good music out this week um, that I was very into. Uh, yeah, um, Christian Lee Hudson put out a new song. Um, that's he finally announced like an actual album that he's putting out um, in late May. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to that. He put out a new song called "Lose This Number," which I heard him perform. When he opened for Julia Jacqueline in, I believe that was November, but you'll have to check the tape. I think you've mentioned Julia Jacqueline on every single show we've done. Could be. Um, but now I'm not talking about Julia Jacqueline now. I'm talking about Christian Lee Hudson, who's great, and I liked his new song. Um, his new Lady Lamb song that I really liked. Um, what else? What did you like this week, Gabe? We have to highlight uh, Moses Sumney put out another single. I think mm-hmm. he's just going to release his whole first half of his album as singles, then put out the album, <laughs> and then release the next half of his album as singles, then put out the second half of his album. There's also a new single out from Christine and the Queens, which was really good. Um, the one album that really, the one other album I really, really love that I've listened to so far um, is the Green Day album. How did you know? No. Um, is. Micaiah McRaven, um, who's a jazz multi-instrumentalist, did a reworking of Gil Scott Heron's last record, which is called I'm New Here, um, kind of with a jazz. So it still uses Scott's vocals exclusively over the top, um, and then he he kind of redoes all the instrumentation, and it is wonderfully moving and really, really good. Um, also enjoyed an album from Not A Surf called Never Not Together, and um, there's this a small artist, new 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 artist called Hammer Cop, who put out kind of a synthy record called Remote that I liked. So that's the dessert of our show. And now on to the digestif. You can find. I us recommend on... a nice Fernet Branca. Oh, thank you! What a great recommendation. It's cheap-ish. 
Audience, I also don't know what a Fernet Branca is, so we're in this together. You've had Fernet Branca. I'm sure you have. Limoncello is the only one I'm aware of. I would not recommend Limoncello. It wouldn't go well with the music? If you're the kind of person who likes Limoncello, I would not recommend uh, Fernet Branca because you will not like it. Yes, so our DJ Steve, uh, the Fernet Branca can be enjoyed heartily alongside our Twitter feed at Fresh Pressed Pod. Or you could listen to the full playlist of this music on Valentine's Day, like we suggested on Spotify. Um, and that link is Everything except that most deaf song, which you will have to find elsewhere. Oh, well. Go find the rest of them on Spotify. Um, anything else, Andrew? Well, I just want to tell everyone to be safe out there and don't talk to anyone, whether you know them or not. Good advice. You've been listening to Fresh Pressed. I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. We'll see you next week. Bye.